I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Right. I would like to bring up the delicate topic of driving tests. Oh, well, I don't think that's delicate. Well, it, it, comes it might up be with... for some people, I grant you, but I don't yeah, think that's yeah, delicate. Yeah, yeah. Personally, though, the, the, the test itself was fine. It was my reason for mentioning it was the, it was the build up. Okay. Mm, the nerves. Oh, yeah, that can be a problem. Mm, not good, not good. Uh, um, well, before I dwell on that particular potentially grotty <laughs> subject, uh, um, how, how was yours? Have you, did you pass first time? I did. Um, yeah, I had 15 lessons. And then, yeah, passed first time. Um, okay, very good. Not at all. I took to it very well, uh, despite learning in a mini metro whose mirrors were held on with sellotape. I, um, oh yeah, dear! I did. Oh, they all were. I, um, I did. Okay, yeah. It helped, I think, that the test examiner was a former software developer, so we spent most of the time talking tech as we were driving around. <laughs> Okay, which I think helped distract me, which was probably quite a good thing. And I, I nailed me three point turn and me back in around the corner. Very uh, good. And uh, yeah, no, he was he was a nice guy. The only slight slip up I had, and it was a very slight slip up, was that when we'd we had completed a manoeuvre, mm. and I was we were sat, you know, in in a safe place and everything, but I'd not applied the handbrake. I was holding it on the foot brake. And he, he looked at me and just sort of glanced down at the handbrake. Uh, and it just, you know, uh, oh, yes, okay. And, um, and that was it. But uh, no, it was, was I almost no, nice of him. Uh, it was. He was a nice chap. Nice, decent chap. And, uh, yeah, I never really had any problems with learning to drive. I, I took to it very easily. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I passed first time with no, yeah, no issues. And what you mentioned, the Metro, was that the only car you learnt in, or did you uh, have any goes in the parents' cars as well? No, we never did any of that. No, because my mum, there had been some lessons um, that she'd taken from her father, um, and as a result of that, she said, under absolutely no circumstances, <laughs> are we attempting family driving lessons again okay. proper school. <laughs> and, and take it out of the house completely. So uh, only the yeah, oh, only, yeah the, only, only, the only driving school. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, some pe- a lot of people end up like that. Going, yeah, yeah I'm I'm just not going to get in the car because it's going to turn into it's, an issue. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, my dad and I were quite good with that. He was reasonably tolerant, actually. Okay. Yeah. He didn't particularly bark his orders or anything like that. He was a very good, calm teacher. No grabbing the wheel. No, no, no wheel no, grabbing. None, of that. Um, none no. of that. I did, I mean, on occasions go out with my mum, but that was more just to achieve a journey. And she said, oh, you can drive. And it was like a five-minute trip or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, fair enough. So yeah. just a, a bit of practice. She didn't particularly instruct. But I remember, because I mentioned him on the previous podcast, that the learning to drive was somewhat staggered. Yes, and you came to it sort of a bit later on, didn't you? That, that's it, yeah, because yeah. all these ones with driving with parents, that was at 17. Okay. And I did have a couple of actual lessons 
but never properly got round to it either. I, I even did a theory test and then let it expire. Oh, really? Okay. Generally well, of course, quite... we. I didn't have the theory test when I did it. It didn't exist. Uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, it hadn't existed very long when I did it. It was quite a new thing then. See, if you'd done it earlier, you wouldn't have had to do that. <laughs> mm, this is true. Well, in fairness, I'm, I must be good. I passed it twice. So. Okay, very good. So, yeah, that's that's good. I remember as well, my, my granddad was, he, he loved his cars. Mm. And uh, he took me out a couple of times as well, but he's quite the taskmaster. He didn't take, <laughs> any, he didn't take any shit. Okay. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't harsh or anything. And it's just, I don't know, I think there's some of that military stuff left in there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No messing about. Mm. But yeah, he was a, yeah, he was a safe pair of hands. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, that was that was all good fun. Um, but like I said, when it actually came around to properly learning to drive, I just booked a batch of lessons and yeah, it, it was it was fine. And like I said, the reason for me bringing this up was I remember being in the office with uh, my friend Rob on the on the day of the test, and it was yeah. it was just after lunchtime. It was booked for okay. And, oh God, he said the amount of trips to the bog. Really? Just, oh dear. A bit nervous, are we? Oh dear. <laughs> oh good God. <laughs> oh dear. I can't imagine you getting nervous. I don't know. It really that day got to me. And there's so much it, it ingrained on his brain so much that he tells people of how nervous I was on my driving test <laughs> day. Well obviously the, I will now. The yeah. amount of poos. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Told you it was potentially grim. That is, yeah. Well, anything involving that, yeah, mm. absolutely. And how did the actual test go then? Oh, the test was fine. Yeah, passed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the guy was an utterly miserable bastard, but he was fair. <laughs> so many of them are. Yeah. yeah, it's a profession that attracts them. Well, someone said, "Aren't they failed driving instructors?" <laughs> or is that a wild generalization? I doubt you can't possibly claim that. No, I, I'm not saying a word. I, I well, said that someone else said it. So. Mine was a retired software developer. So. <laughs> I know um, there are some disastrous ones. That we, we, yeah, we have a friend who I, I won't identify, but uh, yeah, who had a lot of trouble with it. <laughs> I don't think there were about five or six tries. Dear, before there was a pass. Yes, that was. Um, yeah, probably fine. Oh, yeah, I, I, you just don't get in the car with her. That's all. That's fine. <laughs> yes, I remember a very distant girlfriend from college. Um, she said uh, she was going to go and do a CBT so that she get get a scooter. Oh, right. Said, oh, that's not a bad idea. Actually, it gets you about. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but she is one of the few people I know, possibly the only person I know, who's never passed a CBT that they've attempted. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible to not pass it. <laughs> uh, and uh, the the problem was the instructor she was out with had the they had the radio headset thing on, and he told her they were approaching a roundabout, and he said, "Go right around the roundabout." Mm -hmm. And she interpreted that a bit too literally. Oh no! Yes, so she went right around it. Against traffic. How very continental. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. How oh, she that's... lived to tell the tale is a miracle. That's, yeah. Well, I suppose a literal interpretation of his instruction. Mm, not good. No. I mean, a, an excellent anecdote. Uh, 
Oh it's, yeah, it's strange as well. I remember, uh, like I said, I, 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 I never passed at, that, at the age where we all should pass test. Yeah, uh, and another girlfriend from college, she passed her test, but refused to park. <laughs> refused. Flat out refused. You can't refuse. It's fine. You do what they say. <laughs> but, I mean, she did it for her test. She acquired a license. But then in daily driving, being in the car with it, she's like, you park it. Oh, I see. Uh, well, yeah, okay. We've had an element of that with the Tesla. Yeah, that's different. That's a mammoth thing, that. if yeah, Well, it is. But Tesla supercharger spaces are very wide. But um, yeah, usually if if Dawn has been driving the Tesla and we need to stop to charge, we'll get vaguely near the chargers, and then it'll be right. You park it. That that that's fine. That's that's a bit more. Of a, it's a more of an expensive item driving towards expensive items. That's well, allowed. yes, that's true. Or or yes, parking between other people's. Uh, yeah, that's that's problematic. This particular instance was driving around town in a clapped out Mark III Fiesta. Okay, yeah, not quite the same scenario at all. I no. you. no, no. Okay, I was baffled. I was like, "Well, what do you do when I'm not here?" <laughs> just keep uh, driving. <laughs> no, just yeah, that's it. Just drive until you find an empty car park and then abandon it. I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? How the people who can't park do confuse me. Because <laughs> if you can't, you have you clearly haven't got full control of the vehicle. Well, clearly not. You know, if you can't maneuver it, if you can't get a sense of its dimensions and you know where the back is and where the front is, and even in an older car that's not not like a modern car that's covered in cameras and sensors mm. and things to help you, you know, if you can't park it, should you be driving it at all? <laughs> really. That's a, that's the thing because it's still the same size wherever you're moving it. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you see it every day, don't you? You see someone faffing around trying to wedge it in somewhere, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Well, that does happen. That does happen in car parks as well. It, uh, yes, it all goes on. Yes. Oh, I've just thought of a fantastic one actually from my college oh, days. Okay. Yeah, we there was a guy on our software development course, and he was. A lovely guy, but he he did he did enjoy a little bit of weed. <laughs> so he's a bit he's a bit twitchy sometimes, <laughs> right? So not not the ideal sort of state to be in for your driving test, but no, there's there's not much you can do about it really. That, okay. that was him. That was just how he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the day of his test arrives, and wish him luck, and off he goes. He comes back. Uh, and he said, "He said I passed. Oh, well done, mate. Well done." Oh, and we thought yeah. that was thought that was the end of that. But no, no, he had a story to go with it. Of course, he said. Um, he said we had, there's a bit of an issue with the emergency stop. Right, go on then. He said the guy explained what was going to happen. He said I'm going to ask you to do an emergency stop, and the signal will be stop. And he hold, he held his hand up while he said hey. stop. And when when I do, he said I want you to come. Do it when you do an emergency stop and as calm and controlled as you can. Okay. Like, yep. Fine. Absolutely fine. So off, off they go down down this road. He said. He said. Oh, he said, oh I was a bit on edge. And there we go. I can already envisage him being his <laughs> twitchy self. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good at all. And this poor examiner scratched his knee. 
Oh no, that was heading dashboard. That <laughs> wasn't the signal. <laughs> Slam the brakes on. <laughs> well, there you are. You see, that's a variation of you slam something on the dashboard. Yeah. The examiner's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently oh, no. the guy took it in his stride and said, no, that's fine. He said, nerves are fine. He said, I really should have saved my leg scratch. Yeah, your emergency stop was fine. <laughs> yeah, Me let's not, not being do that again. For it was, yeah. was not really your fault, I suppose. <laughs> Well, that's very decent of him. He could have thrown him out of the car and failed him. Yeah, no, he was quite understanding about the whole uh, head bruising. Yes. Oh, dear. It's occupational hazard. I don't know how they do that, Joel. I really don't. Maybe not so much the examiners, but the, the actual driving instructors. I mean, yep. you must have to have nerves of steel. <laughs> well, you've got the nerves of steel and the patience of a saint. Yeah, you must have to. Mm, and I, must I, I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> whoa, quite... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'd quite like to see you try, though. <laughs> there might be some language. <laughs> oh, well, we all have a career, you know, a path not taken, you you know, this time yet for a career change. No, no, no. No, judging by your reaction, I'll probably leave that. Adam's driving school. I can see it. It'd be lovely. It's not going to be a high pass rate, is it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so, no. Not a lot a... of repeat custom either. No, no, by no. repeat, I mean a second lesson. No, there's going to be a <laughs> bit of nervous disposition somewhere, isn't there? There might be, yes. Oh, dear. The odd court case. Oh, dear. It's a grim job. There was a uh, post uh, on Twitter today from a, a YouTuber that I follow, a chap called Kev T, really good content. He's a, a transporter driver who works for a company that recycles cars. Mm. And his YouTube channel is a, a vlog, a weekly vlog on him um, doing his job, going collecting these cars. And sometimes he gets some really interesting stuff. It's worth a watch, actually. It's quite quite compelling stuff, and he does it very well. He's mm -hmm. very natural, and you know, I, I, would, I would recommend um, Kevin. He's called. Um, I, I, I shall look him up. Yeah, do do. He's really good. Uh, often posts on a on a Sunday night, which is quite a nice time to sit and watch something. So, quite, oh, definitely, quite yeah. But he posted something today. He's he's started posting stuff on Twitter uh, during the week of some of the cars that he's collected, and he posted something today that. Um, that made me um, think, oh, he's fancied one of those. <laughs> and I thought, we've all, got a, we've all got some cars that we have always wanted. And I don't mean like, you know, Lambos and Ferraris and stuff, stuff that's actually realistic that you could <laughs> go and get, but you never have. And this, this, one, um, this one definitely caught my attention because it's definitely one that's been on my list for a long time okay it was a jeep cherokee xj okay the little was... boxy one I, the little I... 80s boxy one i'll be honest i wouldn't have pegged you for that no it's a, it's a bit of an off the wall choice for me but i've always liked them i've always fancied one it's so american hmm. it's so 80s american oh it is um, yeah it's it's you know it, it's it's america in a box um, well, definitely a box isn't it? it definitely a box and i quite like the boxy style and it's you know it's so horrifically dated and he picked one up this week and has taken it back for recycling 
And it's one of those he said he wished he could save because it's only done like 70,000 miles or something like that from new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks in really good nick, but somebody's, you know, scrapped it. Presumably it's got some fault that isn't worth fixing. Oh, um, dear. Which comes up a lot. I mean, some of the stuff he picks up actually is really good. And people are just scrapping it because uh, it's, you know, it's got a 300 pound repair bill and the thing's only worth 200 quid. So just take it away. Mm. But some of it's really nice stuff you know that could be for not a lot of money saved um, yes and it's i think a lot of that goes on he had a lovely jag xj the other week that i thought oh don't scrap that <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice it's gonna upset you yes uh but no this cherokee xj just just caught me and i thought well you know we've all had cars that we've always fancied over the years but have never bought and um yeah that one that one caught my attention have you ever come close to anyone no, never even been looking for one. It's always been on the list. Whenever uh, it's been time for a new car, I've always thought, oh, fancy one of those. Mm. I have a fear it would be ruinously expensive if it went wrong, but I don't know that for a fact. Well, part I don't think know a lot be... about them, really. But... I didn't, but same again, but my instinctive thoughts, are they're probably reasonably basic, aren't they? Well, I'd have thought, just given the age, yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, they they wouldn't be... They're not overburdened with safety equipment or anything like that. <laughs> no, 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 you don't want to bog yourself down in that sort of thing. No, 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 no. The, the, in an accident, the crumple zone is probably your face. Mm. So, you know, wouldn't want that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've always always thought, yeah, I could tool around in one of those. That'd be all right. Yeah, that um, sounds You got good. anything on that list? Um, actually, yeah, there are a couple, actually, I think. It all harks back to being a kid. Mm. Um the Super Impreza, I've always fancied an unmolested. Okay. WRX. Mm, I do. I know someone who's got one actually, and he absolutely treasures it. Yeah, he's had it for a long time. Really yeah. looks after it. Yeah. It Full just, rally spec. It just it just harks back to Mister McRae, and then that that's it. Really, that's. Mm. It's one of those ones that you think, yeah, you probably probably could buy one actually. Yeah, that. that's what I mean. It's something that actually is probably fairly easily within reach, um, mm. but you've just never done it. That's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's a, that's a big one on my list. Uh, closely followed by something not as glamorous, but it's because my dad had one, my granddad had one, yeah, and I quite fancy one. Yeah, get that. That's a, a Volvo three forty. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're a bit of a Volvo family, aren't you? Hmm. We are indeed. Yeah. But yeah, that's that that's one that I have all the childhood memories. Um as as far as I can remember. Yeah, Dad they had are two. Yeah. And my granddad had one. Right. And they were all of a similar vintage. I remember mm. f- I don't strictly remember Dad's first one because I was too small for that. Um, right. I just remember photos of it. But the second one he had was uh, it was an eighty five on a B plate, uh, light blue metallic. Nice, yeah, yeah that nice. was that was lovely. I uh, did like those. I mean, when when did you last see one? But they, I liked the boxy styling, and it was very of its time. But I mean, they were everywhere, weren't they? They were. Point? I mean, yeah. they were they were very much a, a sort of entry level because I mean, it wasn't, mm. strictly speaking, it wasn't particularly a Volvo underneath. Or, was it not at all? It was a DAF. 
Ah, right. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. But there, I, I think the story goes that DAF were looking for some sort of partnership to, uh, for financial reasons or something along those lines, just to get this car out to get it made. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't look like a Volvo, does it? It's not. No, it doesn't fit with everything else that they were making at the time. Certainly. So yeah, I think I think they ended up uh, Volvo ended up buying or either all or some of DAF, and mm. that was a that was a byproduct of it. Right. Oh, it's certainly a very successful car in its day, but mm. I'm presuming they've all rusted away to nothing because you just don't I see would, them anymore. I would assume so. I cannot remember the last time I saw one. No, I can't. No, occasionally, I do have a little eBay browse, and they are <laughs> just <laughs> in a right state. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're not. They're not made for being left outside. No, no, they never were. Were they? There was a very much a, a throwaway car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. No one, no one ever expected it to uh, to last when they were making those. I mean, I know it was laden with the sort of Volvo safety and all that, but still, it wasn't. It wasn't built to last another sort of thirty, forty years. No. Um, whereas other Volvos of the time um, have, mm. but like yeah, you say, okay. it was a cheaper alternative, wasn't it? Mm. Just happened yeah. to wear the Volvo badge. That's it. I mean, if you think of anything from the two hundred range. Oh, still, I mean, you're not still out see there. Them. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't see them every day, but they're still fairly solid. Yeah, you don't see them every day, but you do still see them fairly regularly. Mm. They are, they are out there, um, usually in estate form. Um, yes, but yeah, they are still out there, definitely still going. It's a solid choice. But yes. um, those, yeah, I remember, I used to see a lot of those on um, campsites when I was dragged caravanning as a child <laughs> um they were a very popular tow car i remember seeing a lot of them pulling pulling vans behind them one thing that has happened to them i'm aware that drift people acquire them oh they, they make quite good drift cars and you think well Ooh. that's that's great and all but please <laughs> please leave some for us yeah don't don't do that to all of them no no oh that's i can't imagine that <laughs> No, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult image, that one, isn't it? It is. I Part mean, of me thinks at the time, I think they were used for Rallycross. Thinking. Were they? Okay. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. But my, yeah, my Rallycross knowledge is a bit lacking. I vaguely remember it being on Grandstand at the time. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I'm just browsing some pictures of it now, and yeah, you might be right. Oh, I forgot there was a saloon version of it. Um, yeah, a bit later on, they they, they did that hatch. Yeah, they, I believe they toyed with an estate version, but they never... that would have made sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, would have. have it never yeah. came to fruition. It's funny how a number of manufacturers made, or at least tried to make, the saloon version of a hatch, the slightly posher version, like Ford did with the Orion. They tried <laughs> yes, to make yeah. it a little bit, you know, you had a little bit more chrome and you know, slightly squishier seats, and they tried to make it just a little bit more upmarket. You've made it upmarket, and you've compromised. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. Yes. Of course, you weren't really getting anything more upmarket, but they just tried to market it that way. And It's one um, of those things, you know, you don't, you you assume, like, saloons are the upmarket version, like you say, but mm. the, the only 
saloon I've ever owned was that Accord. And right, I've never owned a saloon. And it was just immediately an issue because yeah. it was it was a hand-me-down company car, no yeah. choice. And we had our first kid at the time. And you think, oh, big car, big boot, tiny opening. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? So that, that was it. It's like we've bought this colossal pushchair thing that was <laughs> quite the contraption. Just, As they all were. Yeah. No, no chance in that. Not a chance opening. it would go in there. No, that is the problem, isn't it? A lot of manufacturers fell into that hole. <laughs> you see what I did? Uh-huh. Um, actually, quite a decent sized boot, but you just couldn't get anything in it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, quite a common problem. Yeah. No, I mean, not not an issue actually. When I um, constantly borrowed Phil's XJ40, <laughs> while it was a saloon, that was a colossal <laughs> opening on that. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. It was a colossal opening in many ways, that car. Mm. Um, yes, a colossal opening of your wallet every time you took it to the petrol station. Yes. Oh, God. Well, that was it. The, the poor thing was, it hadn't been run properly when he first bought it. It just needed the throat clearing. Yeah. But I borrowed it really soon after he acquired it. <laughs> <laughs> and had a, had an issue with uh, fuel consumption. Yes, because I ran it, I got it. Uh, I got it down to seven mpg. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah, that was that yeah. was. Considering it was probably twenty five thirty mile an hour, uh, thirty mile round trip, not mile an hour. Yeah, more than that. <laughs> more than um, that. Yes, at, and it was costing me a tenner a day in fuel. Yeah, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, mm. not the most frugal vehicle you've ever sat in, no. But absolutely no. lovely wafting to work in that. Um, it's I, yes. I remember um, pulling up to the uh, big roundabout uh, by the BP garage on the Link Road in the morning commute, and um, I was in the lane to turn left, and alongside me in the right lane um, came a guy in an XF. Oh, okay. And, um, it's probably he, me. No, I would have remembered. Because okay. he, he waved at me to, to lower the windows. Oh, no. What's it doing? What's oh, falling no. off? Is it, What's the is, it, yeah. is it all over the floor? <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, right. Let's wind the window down. So he did. And he, said, he shouted across. He's like, is that your daily? At the moment, yeah. He's like, you don't like your wallet. And drove off. <laughs> so, nice. Thank you for that. Nice. What? <laughs> What was he hoping to achieve with that little exchange? I don't know. <laughs> That's lovely. Just make someone feel a little bit worse about themselves mm. on the morning commute. That's lovely. Mm. What a what a nice fella. Gave me a chuckle. <laughs> I mean, he was quite right, of course, but you don't need to say it, do you? No. Oh, you can't say anything nice. There is a divide. There's definitely a divide between classic Jag owners and modern jag owners because mm. when i first bought the xf and i went round to see my friend who has two xjs's mm-hmm. um, and a triumph stag um okay. but two xjs's and he was yeah well, that's all right and it but it's not the same as the old v12 and it's like oh you classic jag drivers you don't like the modern jags do you no not into that no because they work J- Yes, <laughs> kind of that. Yeah. What about it doesn't constantly stink of petrol, so can't have that. No, that's oh. no good. No, but, not at all. 
going back to um i was just thinking going back to um you know saloon uh, manufacturers doing saloons as a slightly posher version mm. um, of a car the only time i can think where that actually worked was the um sierra sapphire yep yeah that, that did actually that did work because that actually got a much greater following i think um certainly later on than the the hatch ever did um mm. and, and nowadays if you can find a cosworth sapphire they are they're starting to go for quite big money yeah they've they yeah they've departed now yeah they've become quite cool and collectible now yeah i thought it, it worked with that that did sort of the the sapphire really set itself apart from what had gone before mm. with the hatch in the estate um, yeah, and I love and, the Sierra. I always, I mean, it was incredibly contra- controversial when it first came out. I always thought it looked really good, yeah. um, and was such a massive departure from the Cortina, which I think they needed. But the yeah, the Sapphire—that's as you say—that's really gone stratospheric now in terms of prices and getting a good one now is is very difficult. And yeah, and they they just they just worked. I mean, the the the, the visual tweaks as well. It, it it did set it apart. It did, yeah, it did. I thought it was very well balanced in its design. I thought it looked it looked really good. It worked really well. Um, so I think they got away with it. But um, yeah, not not everyone did. No, no, it's very difficult to think of an example of of someone who did. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But of course, you know, the XJ40 didn't have that problem because they never had any other models sullying the bloodline. No, it that's was, it. It was what it was. No, we, we've, we've, other than the ones we've seen at the Heritage Center that never saw the light of day. Yeah, there were there were some one-offs, I grant you, but um, yeah, in I mean, production, no. The estate one was lovely. Oh, yeah, there's been a few of those, hasn't there? The XJS Evento is another one that, mm. that worked really well. Um at the um, Haynes Museum, um, you probably recall, there is an SD1 estate. There is. I'm sure there's one at Gaydon as well. And There might be, yeah. Now, uh, as far as I'm aware, that never went into production. No, I don't think it did. I mean, they look like a bodge job, don't they? Yeah, it doesn't work at all. No. Because um, the back of it is very upright. Mm. Um, and, it, yeah, it looks like they've just glued it on. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not much thought to it. <laughs> no, what what are you trying to say? <laughs> just you know, just going by <laughs> by history. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, I think so. I think everyone does. Mm. Um, yeah, um, but no, that that didn't that doesn't work, and probably is a good thing it didn't um, go into production, especially as the car it was based on had quite a lot of problems. Anyway, as much as we all love the SD1, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, it, it, it's lovable for its issues, really. It's, it's it is yeah. as most Rovers were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's one car I've never even been in. The amount of times you used to see them about on well, SD1. People, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't. I've never, no, never, never been anywhere near one. Strangely, um, like you say, for the number that were on the roads at one point. Mm. Um, no, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a. In fact, the only rover I think I've ever been in was is is the seventy five. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been. Oh no, I've been in a twenty five. Um, have been in a twenty five, but that is about it. Have you been in any of Phil's rovers over the years that you can think of? Mm, no, I don't think I have. 
See, that's a surprise. No. The amount that he's had, anyway. Mm, but no, I don't think I have. Went in his Honda. Oh, his Prelude? Yes. Yes, that uh, was quite a pleasant thing, actually. Yes, went in that. And the Kia, I think. Mm, but no, uh, no, don't think I, no, don't think I was in any of his Rovers, no. We should just at least attempt to, I say, well, let's, let's try and get, get a sit in some Rovers again. Mm, well, yeah, some maybe, but yeah, definitely an SD1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like, I'd like to, like to be involved at some point there. Yes. An SD1 would be interesting. Yes, definitely. The only Rover I've ever driven is a 75. And as I've said before, I really liked it. Yeah, it's really right like, up your I, street. That I really like the seventy-five. I was there's um <laughs> I watched a review of one recently. There's a YouTuber who does should you buy dot dot dot. <laughs> He's a car dealer. Uh, High Peak Autos. It's called. He's again. It's another really good channel. But he mm-hmm. he did a should you buy a Rover seventy-five a little while ago, and his conclusion made me laugh. He said it's like a bad Jaguar tribute act. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a... it's like a jag, only not quite as good. Um, which is a bit mean, but yeah, I suppose. I mean, you having driven one and been around one, you you, mm. you can say whether you agree with that. It was definitely, well, as I've said before, I think it was definitely on a par with what Jaguar were producing at the time. It was certainly very very comparable to the what? X Type and the S Type. All oh, right, yeah. So, so we're talking sort of late Ford era, then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the end of the Ford era, certainly. And it, yeah, it was certainly. I mean, it was launched, of course, against the S-Type. They were, they were launched at the same motor show, I believe. Uh, the seventy-five and the S-Type were launched together. Blimey, you remember I motor shows? It, I don't know if it was Geneva, <laughs> but yes, you remember motor shows. Yeah, and we used to be able to like go and and see people and look at things. Um, you say you say that. Do they 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 weren't they haven't been holding UK motor shows for quite some time, have they? No, well that's because a lot of the manufacturers couldn't be bothered anymore. Was it? Um, did it come about with the financial crash, the sort of late two thousands? I think it did. I mean, there were several motor shows where I know some of the German manufacturers deliberately didn't attend. They still did the European shows. I know BMW certainly for a while were not mounting shows in the uk hmm. it's, it's weird i mean i remember as a kid being taken to them but me and my dad would go and it would all uh, as i recall it would alternate between earl's court and the nec yes absolutely and I've, I've been to both i've just looked it up actually the jaguar s type and the rover 75 were both debuted at the 1998 birmingham motor show so they were oh. launched at the same time. So the 75 and the S-Type were very much pitched against each other. You know, both very retro styling. Both mm. companies launching them were under new ownership. Yeah, they were both the cars that were going to take those companies forward. And did either of them really achieve that? Well, that's that's debatable. Isn't it? Obviously well, not in Rover's case because they collapsed. But, yeah, um, that didn't go well. And, and, and Jag ended up being bought out again. Bought out again. By Tata, yeah, and there they remain. But at least under uh, Tata have given them proper investment. Um, they, they have. I think this could be a good point to segue onto the latest 
Jaguar news. I was just thinking that. Yes, that takes takes us neatly into the recent announcement, doesn't it? Yes, and um, the the uh, issues uh, therein. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because when the news first came out, I, I skimmed. Went, oh, fantastic. Um, I did the and, same. Yeah. And then and then I've looked since. Went, oh no, please. Mm. And I think it's the same. I think we're probably highlighting the same issue here. I would imagine. Um, we usually seem to. Um, yeah. While I am, I am fully on board as a brand where I think that sort of full electrification is a good idea. It's, it suits the brand. That it does. It suits the brand. It's you know they need to find a way forwards. They need to find a way of making money, obviously, and. Clearly, all electric, uh, whether you agree in it or not, is going to form a significant part of the future. That's yep. kind of decided now, I think. It does make sense for Jaguar, but it really depends how they handle it. Um, mm, which is a bit I'm worried about. Which is the bit I'm worried about. I was very disappointed to read that the next XJ, which will be all electric, will not be made in the UK. That that concerns me. The fact that they're potentially going to stop production at Castle Bromwich. Another potential issue with the SJ is that it is would appear from reading that it is bottom of the list. That you could almost call it shelved as a model at the moment. Well, I mean, it is at the moment. Of course, you can't. There there isn't one. There the isn't moment. one at no, the moment for the first time since 1966 or whenever it is. There there isn't an XJ in the lineup. Yeah. But I'm concerned that it's not even going to spearhead this new EV range. It's, no, well, they're also obsessed with SUVs, aren't they? This is the problem. Like you said, it's like, well, give people the opportunity to buy something that's not something an else. SUV. And Everybody is doing it. Yeah. And they might actually buy something that isn't one of those hideous things. Jaguar without an XJ doesn't make sense. No. It's, no. It, it is Jaguar. The XJ is everything that Jaguar has been about since the early 60s. And, you know, they need sports cars and they need big wallowy saloons. That's what they do. And, yeah, the, the fact that they're first all electric has been an SUV. Well, they call it an SUV. I'm not convinced that it actually is. No. I think no, it's a I, hatchback. I think it's just somewhere to put the batteries. I think, yeah, and I think they maybe called it an SUV to make it more popular in America. Ugh. And to get over certain regulations in certain states, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that isn't made in the UK. It's made by Magna Steyr in Austria. Austria. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they've, I'm concerned that, yes, all electric is absolutely the way to go. I think it fits very well with Jaguar, as you said. But if they're not going to be made in the UK, they're throwing away their, you know, their USP, to use that mm-hmm. horrible phrase. You know, they're throwing away... The essence of the brand and yeah. that that concerns me completely um, agree it it's it's not made in britain you know certainly in america that's a big selling point part of the brand you know yeah these yeah. these quaint british cars <laughs> <laughs> well it's you, we, we joke but it it's what sells them yes it is what sells them and they need to sell them they need to make some money let's be mm. honest they need to make some money they need some cars that are going to sell globally um, you know, sales sales of the XJ before it was discontinued were pathetic. Woeful, as yeah. I recall. Desperate. 
I think is another word you could use. Mm. Um, sales of the iPace have not been fabulous. And I know we've been living through a very difficult time, but electric car sales are the only area of car sales that has continued to work during the mm. pandemic. It's the only area of car sales that has shown any kind of growth is, yes. is all electric. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned if, I mean, it's great that they will go all electric, but if they're not going to stay true to the brand, uh, and I wonder how much of that influence is coming from Tata. I don't know, to be honest. No. I don't, I don't know whether they would be tried to have much of an influence or leave them to it. I just, I just don't you know. get the impression up to this point, they've sort of left them to it, but of course mm. there's, there's been a change at the top there. Um, dear old Ian Callum has gone. There's a new lead now, uh, and I know he was the designer. He's not the managing director or the CEO no. or anything, but but he was very much the face of Jaguar for a, for a quite a long time. And uh, you know, whenever there was a launch, they would wheel him out to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's for all electric, you know. And again, I think that's right. But yeah, I am concerned that they're not gonna they're not gonna keep it in the UK. Yeah, it does come down to execution now, doesn't it? Mm, I think it does, and I just hope it's not another SUV. They have indicated that they're going to discontinue the I-Pace, which is a, a bit of a shame, although it is, you know, it has its problems. Yep. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but I'm very eager to see what's what's coming next. That's it. Um, we, we need to see some need to see some models now. I thought just we do, and quite quickly. Because they're uh, the you know the the competition is really getting going now, mm. and they, uh, they've got the they've got the potential here to be that that first luxury uh, brand that is all electric. Yes, yes, and they to, have, and to offer a range. I mean, granted, if this if the XJ isn't going to be spearheading it, then they need to be thinking right. Well, we've got an XF and we've got an XE, and we need to get hard get yeah. those out. I but. mean, I can see that launching an X, an all-electric XJ, people are going to say, well, it's like a Model S, only not as good because you haven't got the supercharger network. Mm. Um, you know, the, we are quite well catered for in the big luxury car area of the market. But I, su yeah, I suppose it's the easiest one to tackle at the moment, isn't it? I mean, because you've got it is. you've got the you've got the Model S, but you've also got the, all the German offerings as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. Because because Audi have been all over it and saying, well, let's let's do the flagship models. Yes, and um, I think it's only a matter of time before BMW do as well because um, mm. they've got the tech. You know, stick that in a seven series, and they'll have it as well. Mm. Um, it is the obvious place to start because you've got lots of room to play with. Yeah. Um, you know that's why Tesla started with the the saloon. It's also a very versatile platform. You can make it a hatch or a saloon, and you can, mm -hmm. you know, you can add seats in the boot if you want to make it a seven seater, and you can do all sorts of things with it. Yes. Um, so it is a good place to start. But if they're not going to do an XJ, what else are they going to do? They're not going to do a little hatchback. No, they're not. An all-electric F-Type? I'd say I thought that, but... I'm not sure they've got the tech. Because the I-Pace, the biggest problem with the I-Pace is that it's not very efficient. And mm. it, it, eats, it eats battery really quickly. <laughs> um, its range could be a lot better. Um, it's not very efficient. That's, that's the problem with it. And there are no 
chargers that fully support it charging at its full speed because i believe it's 100 kilowatt it will do now mm-hmm. it didn't when it first launched but it will now but we don't have any 100 kilowatt chargers no we've, that, that... Got, we've got faster ones and we've got slower ones but it apparently can only charge at certain rates oh I right i see. oh so it's very specific i think so oh, don't quote me on that but i think that's right from what i've read uh, so you're limited on charging options now elon musk has indicated that he is opening up the supercharger network to other manufacturers i cannot tell you the shock that that sent through the tesla community oh not amused the debates on the owners group uh when when elon said that uh, not amused at all but whoever is the first to go in with tesla on the supercharger networks is going to have a massive advantage if Jaguar can do that, they'd really mm. have something. If they can do a deal with Tesla to help develop the supercharger network, because that's all Elon's ever said. He said, I will let you use it. I will dual brand it. You can come in. I'll share all the tech with you, but you have to invest in the network. You have to help us expand it and develop it, which I don't think is unreasonable. No, no it's not unreasonable. Um, it's, you know, the, te- the supercharger network is the envy of the car industry at the moment it is the best charging network out there i don't think anybody could really debate that no no um, not at all and elon has said yeah i'll i'll open it up to other manufacturers but i need some you know i need some investment to do that um, it's, not, it's really not unreasonable there's been no rumors on who that might be it would be lovely if it was jaguar it would give them such an edge um it, it would i mean part of me thinks it's going to be someone german yeah, because I don't think Jaguar will be able to afford to invest in it. And I get the feeling, I mean, it would make sense if it were Mercedes. It would. Because of there's already the tie-up between them and Tesla. Yes, because, well, certainly on the Model S and X, mm. less so on the 3 and Y, I think. They use a lot of Mercedes parts, yeah, mm. absolutely. It would make sense, and Mercedes have reportedly been doing a lot of work on charging they've been working on wireless charging sort of you know pads in the ground and things like that Mm, very Um, good they've been developing a lot of that kind of stuff i mean none of it's ever made it to market yet but it's rumored that they are working on that sort of thing so yes it would make sense and the eqc again it's another massive suv but they've got this thing uh, i forget what it's called is it called mercedes go i'm not sure but they've got this me Mercedes Me, that was it, where you buy an EQC and you instantly get membership of all charging networks across Europe mm. and you can just plug into any of them and the car will sort out your payment. Yeah, that that's very clever. That is brilliant. We need to see more of that. We either need to see more of that or a supercharger-style unified network where mm. there is no, you know, I mean, people say, oh, we need contactless payment. Well, yeah, that's great. But with a Tesla, you don't even need to do that because you've already got your card registered with Tesla. Yeah. You just plug in. The, there is no payment method because it just does that in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we need. Exactly, yeah. Mercedes have taken a step towards that within the existing charging network. So that is brilliant. Give them credit for that. That's really good. Mm. Um, again, it's a slight shame that the only the only EV they've made so far is a massive... <laughs> Great SUV. Well, fingers <laughs> crossed something else is coming. Well, it is rumoured that there is going to be an all-electric uh, G-Wagon. 
Okay, very good. Yes. That, I mean, they they know what sells, and I bet that will sell they like a I That will fly out of the showrooms. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah, apparently they are doing uh, uh, the, the next version of the G-Wagon will be uh, pure electric, so that's that's grand. We're going to have to watch Jaguar closely. I think that that's. Um, I think it's great. It's a way forward for them. It's it's the right choice. They need to develop their tech and they need to pick the right models, and they need to think about charging. Too few manufacturers are not paying any attention to the charging because they've never had to worry about fuel before. Um, no, no, that's although no. there was a story that Jay Leno told a little while ago that when Mercedes first brought diesel cars to america Mm. very unusual there in the whenever that was 1950s hardly any diesel filling stations and in the glove box you got a little book with some maps in it showing you where all the diesel filling stations were (laughs) isn't that lovely (laughs) i like that isn't that lovely um but again they were thinking about the fueling of the vehicle they weren't just Mm. you know oh well there's the car it's your problem how you fuel it which I fear with EVs too many manufacturers are doing. Nothing doing, mate. Tesla recognized up front, no one's going to buy these unless we give them a way of charging them as well. Yeah. And they got it absolutely right. And it still baffles me that they could have got it so right and everyone else has either not bothered at all or got it disastrously wrong. Um, Just caught the car industry with its pants down. Absolutely. Absolutely, they did. And they've been given by the rest of the car industry a 10 year head start because the rest of the industry has spent 10 years laughing at them. Yeah. They have. Yeah, it's true. And now all of a sudden, oh, oh no, they're quite successful, aren't they? Oh (laughs) Oh, no, their cars are everywhere. Oh, how did that happen? Oh, look, people are buying them. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>